I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's actually Matt Scraby here with you for the uh, next hour or so. We're taking you up to pregame with Sam Levitt at 610. He is up at Dodger Stadium. We're going to check in with him at 550 today. And uh, we're going to see what's going on up at Dodger Stadium, see how the uh, Padres are looking, see how Blake Snell's feeling. So we'll get all of those. uh, We'll get all that conversation with Sam Levitt at 550. Let me set up the rest of the hour. We have uh, Kurt Kenny of the San Diego Union Tribune joining us here in the next segment at 520. He is going to preview the game between the uh, Aztecs and Oregon State. Here coming up this weekend, Aztecs are going up to Corvallis, Oregon, and they are going to try to take down the Beavers. And the, they're not a bad team. I mean, they're number sixteen in the country, so it's not like San Diego State's going up there and facing an easy team. They're going to have the their work cut out for them for sure here against Oregon State. So stick around for that. That's at about uh, fifteen minutes or so, eighteen if we're going to be exact. If I'm going to say five twenty. Now, we started the show earlier today, and actually one more thing before I get into what we started the show with. Uh, Get to Know Dave, we had some technical difficulties, so if you want to hear the entire Get to Know Dave segment, I'm about to post it on our podcast page, so give it about 10 minutes or so. It'll be on 97.3thefansd.com, and it will also be on the Odyssey app when you search Gwyn and Chris. So if you wanted to hear the rest of what happened during Get to Know Dave, you can do that. Now, last or when we started the show, we I, I jumped right into it. I may have been a little too excited to talk about this. I may have uh, taken Tony's direction of the show and just completely thrown it in the other way because I really wanted to talk about Trent Grisham bunting, bunting with the bases loaded and no outs last night. Now, we talked about it, Tony and I. If you want to hear that conversation, you can hear it at 2 p.m. in our podcast. But I thought it was a bigger deal than maybe Tony thought. And the reason that I think it's a bigger deal than Tony thought is because, to me, the the situation with the bases loaded all season long has been so frustrating. I mean, how many times have we seen them come up with either one out or no outs with the bases loaded, uh, and, and they weren't able to score at all? Uh, there was a game recently. I, I've tried to block out some of these games, but the Padres had... Bases loaded, no outs. I believe it was an overtime game. Or overtime, I'm, I'm looking at the screen and it's football. Extra innings game. And the Padres had no outs with the bases loaded. Couldn't even get the ball out of the infield. So that's how frustrating it has been for the Padres with bases loaded or even runners in scoring position. But last night, I mean, 
I hate to say it this way, and I may be saying it a little more dramatic than it actually is, but I feel like the Dodgers are laughing at the Padres last night for what happened. And again, that may be a little dramatic. And I'm not saying that, uh, you know, they're going out of their way to do it. But here is Dave Roberts after the game last night talking about Trent Grisham's bunt with the bases loaded and how it changed things for him. Uh, this is him postgame. I think in that fourth inning, you know, we had the bases loaded. They had the bases loaded. And, um, you know, Grisham lays down a bunt and we get a force play right there. And uh, that got us out of the inning. And for me, that changed the game, you know, uh, you know, guy hitting in the six hole and lays down a bun and basically did us a favor right there. So for me, uh, that was a big, big changing point because he was hanging and uh, they had him on, on the ropes. Now, I know I don't usually play Dave Roberts audio on the air, but I wanted to play that because it just kind of proves that they, 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 he said it right here. It is right here. This is what he uh, said that confirmed it for me. Basically did us a favor right there. So for me, uh, that was a big, big changing point because he was hanging. It was a big changing point in the game, and I know that you might be thinking, who cares? It doesn't even matter. The Padres aren't going to go to the playoffs. It it does matter. It really does because Trent Grisham has struggled the last two seasons, and if he's going to go up there and, and bunt uh, with no outs, I, I get the idea after talking through it with Tony that you just want to bring a run in. Maybe he can beat out the bunt, the the uh, field fielding of the bunt, and maybe he can keep the bases loaded with no outs. But uh, it didn't end up that way. It ended up with Trent Grisham, um, you know, just basically giving Lance Lynn a free out, which is what Lance Lynn said. He said that it gave me a free out. So hey, thank you. He didn't say the thank you part. I added that. But Dave. Roberts, you could hear it in his voice that that was something that they they enjoyed because it helped them to win the game. And let's be honest, I don't know that the Padres were going to be coming back in this game anyway. Freddie Freeman was on fire last night. Uh, the Dodgers were just hitting everything. Walker, Michael Walker had a bad start last night. We're going to get into him in just a second. But this this Trent Grisham bunting with the bases loaded tells me it tells me one thing. Uh, Trent Grisham is a great defender. But I think it's time for the Padres to maybe look in a different direction for someone who is a center fielder that can also uh, bring some more bat to the lineup. Because someone, Trent Grisham has, has hit around 200. Last year he hit under 200, but he's hit around 200 in the last couple seasons. Uh, he has some power here and there, but for the most part, it's been a struggle with Trent Grisham, and there's. I said it yesterday. Pitchers probably look forward to the end of the Padres lineup because, you know, another thing. Trent Grisham's up there, bases loaded, no outs. But who does he have behind him? He has Matthew Batten, Brett Sullivan. He has uh, Eggy Rosario. He has guys like that. Which I'm not trying to talk those guys down, but there's just not much of a lineup at the between six and six through nine. I mean, Jake Cronenworth, once he got hurt, he was definitely the six hitter most of the time, seven hitter maybe, but Trent Christian has been a nine hitter this entire season. And I really do. Uh, Cause I do value defense a lot and Trent Christian does do a lot of great things defensively, but that's, he needs to do more for them on the offensive side. It just has been glaring this year when they get to that part of the order. It's just been hard sometimes for the Padres to score when the only people that are getting on base are the guys at the top of the order and then the bottom of the order can't drive them in. So 
Uh, I just wanted to bring that up and and kind of um, talk it out for a second because it's still on my mind. And again, if you want to go and listen to what Tony had to say about it, you can go back to our podcast at 2 p.m. So the first hour of the show, you can go to 97.3thefantasy.com or you can use the Odyssey app and search Gwen and Chris and you will be able to find that segment. But we'll see what happens tonight. Hopefully they're hitting away, swinging away. When the bases are loaded. And by the way, Bob Melvin did defend Trent. I mean, he's going to. He's the manager of the team. It didn't sound like it was a called thing. It sounded like, you know, I'll, I'll play it for you. Here is what Bob Melvin said after the game about Trent Grisham's butt. Yeah, I think Grish saw Muncie back, was trying to, and he's a pretty good bunter, was trying to put a bunt down and get a run in and keep the bases loaded. I have nothing really to say after that, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm just going to drop it right now. Again, you can listen to Tony's thoughts in the first hour. Now, Michael Walker, his last couple, you know, he started the year so good. He started it, like, on fire. He was just such a nice surprise for the Padres and Padres fans and for the Padres rotation. And uh, he he did get injured. He spent some time on the IL this year. And so he kind of, uh, that that start that he had, the, the wind was taken out of the sails. But last night he gave up seven earned runs and he pitched four innings. The previous start against the Phillies on September 6th, he only went four innings and he gave up three earned runs and they lost that game as well. Uh, I'm not saying that Michael Walker is all of a sudden a terrible pitcher, but what I'm saying is, do you think that Michael Walker's decision to and the team's decision because of his contract and the mutual option, do you think it's become a little bit more Padres friendly after the, the type of performance he's had since the All-Star break or so? And I do think it I, I do think that it becomes a little bit more friendly friendlier for the Padres because uh at, at one point, yeah, Michael Walker could probably go out in the free agent market and try to get a team to pay him eighteen million dollars or whatever he, he wants in that range to be a starter for one season, but after, you know, a couple bad starts as well as uh, I believe his shoulder was fatigued. I don't know that teams are going to be paying that amount of money. So it's going to be interesting to watch that and watch what the Padres want to do because the the rotation is starting to get a little thin if you think about it for next season because you have Blake Snell who's going to be a free agent and I'm just going to assume for the purposes of this conversation that Blake Snell is not going to return with the team. He's going to find a team that's going to pay him a lot of money. Uh, So you, you, you won't have him. Seth Lugo has an option at seven and a half million dollars, but Michael Walker has a mutual option. And if if the team and Michael Walker both say, "Hey, we want to get in on this together," he uh, it actually converts into a couple more years for him. So there's a lot on there. There's a lot of complicated parts to this Michael Walker contract, and he's going to have to decide whether or not he can get more money in free agency. Cause that's basically a decision. Do I want to just stay with the Padres and do I want to cash in on the, the good start that I had this season? And hopefully the Padres want him to opt in as well or want to opt in as well, which I believe they will. But, uh, it, it's changed a lot. These, the, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Michael Walker's, uh, man, I'm blanking on the word. So I'm just going to start another sentence. But it's changed considerably for him since the beginning of the year. I would have thought if the season's over after the first three months or so, then I would have, I would have said, Michael Walker, if I was his agent, I would have said, you need to test the free agent market. But now if I'm his agent, uh, we're having many different conversations about what we're going to do. 
And uh, so there's going to be so much stuff to watch. I keep saying it, but it's true. There's going to be a ton to watch here in the offseason. The other uh, last thing about the rotation I didn't I didn't uh, mention was you Darvish. He was shut down yesterday. We talked about it a little bit. And I am slightly worried about this contract that he signed before the season. He signed a six-year, $108 million extension in February, taking him through his age 41 season. Uh, he struggled this year. He had an 8-10 and record with a 4.56 ERA in just 24 starts after coming off of a really good year last year. And that's why they gave him the contract last year, because they were thinking he was going to look like that guy this year. And uh, who knows? I mean, I, I fully expect you Darvish to bounce right back and come back next year healthy and ready to go. Now, the the same injury that he's had on this elbow happened in 2018 uh, and it ended his season with the Chicago Cubs a little bit early, but he did come back the next season to make 31 starts. So if history is telling us anything, it tells us that we should not be worried about him in 2024. I'm going to be cautiously worried about him in 2024, and we'll have to see how things go in spring training leading up to it but that's another aspect of what we talked about earlier and uh, we talked to ESPN's Alden Gonzalez as well and so we're going to hear that at around 5 uh, 35 5 40 but he answers all those questions and uh, I also asked him about some of the contracts that the Padres have been giving out or some of the contracts that they did give out before the season and get his thoughts on whether or not uh, looking back if though if we should have thought they were a weird contracts to give out. I don't know if weird is the right word, but Alan Gonzalez will explain it all a little bit later. But with all that Padres stuff said, we still have a college football team here in town. Kirk Kenny of the San Diego Union Tribune uh, covers the San Diego State Aztecs football team, and he is going to join us next. He's going to join Tony and I next to talk about their trip up to Oregon State and a couple other things, maybe – is Brady Hoke on the hot seat? We'll see if we can ask that question. But first, we need to get your traffic report, and then we'll be back with Kirk Kenny. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Welcome back to Gwen and Chris, Gwen and Scraby for now. And listen, it's about time for us to get caught up on the Aztecs football squad taking on Oregon State. This is not, uh, at least it appears early on, this is not your typical Oregon State football team. So Aztecs will be challenged this week. And we thought uh, it'd be, who else better to talk to than our guy Kirk Kenny, Union Tribune and Kirk. How are you, my friend? Uh, you, you getting ready for this uh, big matchup here this week? Yeah, this is going to be another big uh, Pac-12 challenge for the Aztecs, and uh, this one on the road. So Aztecs are uh, actually a heavy underdog. Uh, Oregon State's ranked number 16 in the nation, and Aztecs are, I think, about a 24, 25-point underdog, which they haven't been that big of an underdog since playing Ohio State like a decade ago, and they were a 28-point underdog. That is a lot of points now that we do the betting every day. But, uh, Kirk, we, you know, they've been mentioned a lot in the Pac 12, and we know the Pac 12 is no longer going to be a conference. Maybe it will with Oregon State and Washington State. But really, I'm curious about whether or not they have any extra pressure to play really well because they are playing against Pac-12 teams. And if they don't perform well, then many can say that they weren't ready to be in a bigger conference. So do you think that this there's any sort of pressure in that way? I don't know how much it actually puts on the players because, you know, some of them are seniors. So going forward, you know, they'll be on to other things. The ones who are returning, I think they more focus on just the task at hand on a given week. I think it's for more fans and, and maybe other coaches or even administrators who kind of look at your your record against the Pac-12 and what all that means. Uh, Kirk, obviously uh, Oregon State, you know, looks like a, a pretty good team. They, they got the, the transfer kid from, from Clemson's DJ. I'm not sure how to say his last name, so I'm going <laughs> to refrain from uh, trying right now. D- just DJ out of respect. good. Huh? DJ sounds good. Yeah. Okay. We'll yeah. go with that. Uh, I mean, what what type of what type of team is is San Diego State running into here, or, or does it appear they're running into here um, this Saturday? Oregon State has really had a resurgence the last couple of years. Uh, last season they finished ten and three, and this season I think they they look every bit as good, maybe even better. And uh, DJ's really stepped in, getting you know with the transfer portal as what it is now. It's almost like having free agency where you can lose one guy and immediately be good at that position again. And that's exactly what's happened here for Oregon State. Uh, and they've been so dominant. Uh, DJ's only had to play about a half the first two games of the season, which were um, big wins over San Jose State and UC Davis. One was uh, 42-17. And then last week, UC Davis, they won 55-7. So he's put up big numbers. And he's got some good receivers. They have a pretty strong running game and uh, everything going for him offensively. So it's going to be a handful for San Diego State's defense. Talking to Kirk Kenny of the San Diego Union Tribune on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And I'm going to stay with the transfer portal real quick and go outside of San Diego State for a second. Uh, what do you think about what Dion's done with Colorado? We've talked about this a lot on the show. I don't think we've ever asked you about it, but I, I'm personally not a fan of the free agency process that he uh, embarked on there at Colorado. What do you think about the whole thing? Um, I've been excited to watch it, actually, and I think the whole portal needs to be reined in by the NCAA, but given what it is right now and the rules, um, I think Dion saw what was possible and he went out and did it. It it sounded a little bit shocking at first when he 
I saw some some comments he made from when he first met his original team and basically told guys, you know, hey, you might want to go and hop into the portal because I'm going to be bringing in a whole lot of different guys. And I believe I've seen that he's brought in 87 new players. Yeah, That might be a little bit high, but I, I saw somebody bandied that about. But, you know, it, it's really worked out for him. They've been tremendously exciting. I think they're the story of the year so far. And I'm wondering, going forward, how much it's going to make other coaches think about doing that as well. A, a week and a half ago, uh, right before they started the season, I talked to a, a college coach who's in the Midwest, and and he goes, you know, the problem with what he's doing is you're not developing a culture that way. Well, Dion's like, what's culture? And so far, what he's trying to do seems like it's a winning way. Yeah, I I, I just think that you know, it seems like the culture usage of the word was out of place for what was hap what was trying to what he was trying to do there uh, i think he'll eventually be able to establish whatever he wants if they keep winning football games there's, there's no doubt about that kirk kenny joins us here on the premier chevrolet of carlsbad fan hotline um a lot of I, I, does it does it feel like there are still some unanswered questions in terms of what the identity of the aztecs will be this year from a defensive offensive standpoint yet oh i think very much so last week against ucla uh one thing i noticed with the defense is they gave up a lot of big plays and we don't usually see that happen to a santa Cruz state defense they're usually the ones that are that are dishing it out not taking it so I think that's something interesting to see. And and now, you know, with another Pac-12 opponent that could potentially do the same kind of things, we'll see how much uh, the defense progresses this week. It, one thing to be said is once they get back into Mountain West play, I think the defense will settle in a lot better. Then we'll probably be looking more back to the offense and seeing if it can start putting things together. Kirk, what about the I – mean, you just talked about the offense, but wh- how long did you expect for them to f- – like with Ryan Lindley bringing in a new coach and all that stuff, like three games obviously isn't enough, but should they now be clicking on offense a little bit better than they have so far? I would have thought they would. Um one thing I was wondering the first two games is are they holding some things back because you don't against an FCS opponent and a another opponent in Ohio that's not up to the level of a Power Five school, you would have thought that they could win those games without having to show everything in the playbook. So that's why when they played UCLA, I was surprised that maybe we didn't see a little bit more efficiency from the offense. But I think it will continue to be a work in progress until they can kind of settle in. I keep expecting a couple wide receivers to step up and. Um, other than Makai Shaw, who's been very good for them. They haven't had anybody else from the receiver core really step up. So um, they're still going to use the uh, tight ends like they want to, and I think that'll be productive for them. And the other concern is getting the running game going. I think against UCLA, they only had 10 yards rushing after nine carries, and for the whole game they only averaged like 1.9 yards rushing, and that's not going to get it done. Kirk, obviously the the team is playing up at uh, up at Oregon State here this weekend, uh, but I, I've seen a lot of stuff talked about, uh, written about Snapdragon not being you know filled up when it comes to um, you know the Aztec games. Is, is there some concern there at all? Uh, it, you know, it's a very interesting question. Um, they're making a lot more money off ticket sales but they're not filling it up because ticket prices in my mind are too high. So right. I think over the next season or two, they're going to have to kind of dial that in better. And, you know, cause the optics, when you have the seats on the East side where the cameras are showing not full, 
is not the best look. So how do you find a way to get more people in the seats and, and get people out there? And that's something I think they're going to have to address going forward. Talking to Kirk Kenny here on the uh, Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline, San Diego Union Tribune. And last one for me, Kirk, and I promise I, I, I don't think this every week, but I've, I've seen it out there. Do you think that Brady Hoke, do you think that, I, let me just start with, I don't think this is a fair question at this point in the season, but do you think that he's on the hot seat? Uh, no, I don't. And that may be different several weeks from now, but I still think, you know, they had a 12-2 and two season two years ago. They had 7-6 yeah. and six last year. And just the way this program is, I don't think coaches get on the hot seat as quickly as they do at some of your your power fives. True. Um, now, we'll see. I mean, and, and I'm also of the mind that I, I hate the knee-jerk reaction. Like, I was getting emails that he should be fired after the UCLA game. And I'm like, you know, can we give things a break and, <laughs> right. and let things play out a little bit? And I always go back to 2015. The Aztecs started 1-3. and three, and some people were calling for Rocky Long to be fired. Well, then they then they win ten straight games in the Mountain West Championship, and and things look like they're pretty good when you go ten and three. Yeah. So I, I prefer to see things like a whole season play out before changes are made, and and it's way too early to start thinking about hot seat. I think. There you go, scrape. Uh, Boom. Hey, hey! I had to qualify myself <laughs> before I even asked the question. <laughs> well, well, you know what? I will qualify that in one way, though. Season ticket sales are down about 33% this year. If they take another substantial drop next year, then that's, I think, when you start looking at, you know, regardless of what we think of our coach, we have to we have to sell tickets and we have to raise revenue. And that's, I think, when schools start considering uh, making some changes. Yeah, whenever it affects yeah. their bottom line. But that's every <laughs> single business in the entire world. For the people, Scraby. Here he goes. All right. Let's, uh, as always, Kirk, man, we appreciate you uh, coming on and kind of getting us right for uh, the Aztecs this weekend. We'll talk next week. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Kirk Kenny on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Dang it. Visit them almost... today in the Carlsbad Automobile Chevrolet. Find new roads. Tony can never remember it. It's very, it's very funny that Tony and Chris have been doing this for about five years. We're almost at six years in March, and uh, they still can't remember the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Save money the right way. I already said it, so I'm not going to say it again. Uh, thanks to Kirk Kenny for joining us and previewing the game against the Aztecs. When we get back, we have all of the questions that I talked about in the first segment of this hour with Alden Gonzalez of ESPN, and he has a lot of thoughts about the Padres. And so that's what uh, we're going to hear from him when we get back. We're also going to check in with Sam Levitt uh, later in the – we're on 550-ish. So stick around, and you will have some traffic in the next segment. But let's just send you to break on 97.3 The Fan. I'm telling you, I don't know what is going on with the Wide Orbit computer, which is our system that runs our radio station, and picking all these m- – these rock songs for me. I've been having a good time the last couple days. 97 through the fan playing some rock music for you. Scraby here filling in for Crisello. He's on assignment. Tony Gwynn Jr. back at Dodger Stadium. Alright, I'm done, I promise. Now I'm done.
Okay, it is done. Uh, traffic is coming up next. Then we have ESPN's Alden Gonzalez, and uh, we ask him a lot of questions I know that are on Padres fans' minds. And then we'll have Sam Levitt later in the hour as well. So a lot to do. Let's get into traffic and then Alden Gonzalez. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month. With Eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Alan Gonzalez joins us, ESPN, on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Alden, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great, Tony. How are you doing, man? I, I, I'm doing well. Um, saw you a little bit yesterday. First, I haven't seen you in a while. And uh, yeah. we, we joked a little bit on, you know, why we hadn't seen you. And, you know, the Padres season hasn't gone quite the way. I saw you a lot early, saw less of you uh, yeah. late. Uh, I mean, what's your take from afar, man, You know, watching this ball club and, and how things have gone? Well, look, if you want to judge the trajectory of the Padres season based on how often I've shown up in San Diego, <laughs> you can do that. I think it's a pretty – I think they're pretty parallel paths. Um, look, I, I watched them on Monday. They got down early. Uh, Juan Soto homered and flipped his bat 1,000 feet into the air. Bogart, two. They went up big, and they beat the Dodgers. And so I thought, huh, here they are. These are the 2023 Padres. I'm sure they've been doing this all year. And then I came to find out that, no, they have not been doing that all year. And so I was a little bit surprised. Uh, but it's just, it's been a weird year. It really has. Um, you talk about not just the talent on this roster to be in the playoffs, especially in a year when the National League is, for the most part, bad. But a lot of the winning elements that have shown up for this team in terms of their star players being on the field. I know Manny's banged up now, but he was healthy um, for the most part. Uh, getting good starting pitching uh, up until Joe Musgrove and Hugh Darvish went down, which is when they were already out of it. Josh Hader being one of the best closers in baseball. Their defense has been really good this year. Uh, and they're not winning. And it really, when you look at just the numbers, it doesn't make any sense. I've heard this reference before, and I think it's spot on. The Padres seem to be really good at baseball, but not good at all at winning baseball games. Hmm. 
Uh, yeah, that is pretty spot on. Alvin Gonzalez, ESPN, here joining us on the Premier she- uh, Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Now, you just mentioned you, Darvish, and we were talking about him a little bit last segment. He shut it down yesterday, but... I was saying that I'm a little worried about the extension that he signed before the season, and it was a it was a pricey one, 108 million dollars over six years. If you were a yeah. Padres fan, how concerning is this news for you? It's concerning not just because of the news, the vulnerability of pitchers in general, and I mean, look, you just saw Max Scherzer has been ruled out for the year. Um, there's been pitcher injuries throughout the season, and that's been the case for the last 10 years or so. Um, but ju- but also because you'd Harvest is going to be 41 years old when that contract finishes up, 41 or 42. Um, and it was a risk when they signed it. And I know Hugh Harvest has been productive late. He had been healthy of late. Uh, but pitchers break down in their late 30s. And I'm not saying Hugh Darvish is going to break down. Uh, he seems to think from talking to him yesterday that if he gives his elbow six weeks to heal, that maybe there's not going to be much of a need for surgery. And if there is a surgery, it sounds like it would be just sort of a shaving down of a bone spur, or the removal of a bone spur. So nothing really serious. But when you're 37 years old and you have the mileage of a U Darvish, everything is serious. Everything in your arm is serious. And so, you know, you take a step back and you look at, you take a macro view of the Padres starting pitching, um, and you start to get a little bit concerned because Blake Snell is going to be a free agent, and we all know he's going to cost a lot of money. Um, you have the Hugh Darvish situation. Joe Musgrove is going to be uh, – has been out for almost two months with shoulder inflammation. Um, you wonder about bringing Michael Walker back, uh, whether or not Seth Lugo is going to be a free agent. He probably is. And, you know, the Padres' best starting pitching is not – it doesn't seem to be ready to contribute to the major leagues next year. So are they going to be in a situation uh, where they got to go out and spend on starting pitching again? And they got to go out and spend more money. And they got to go out and take more gambles on veteran free agents. That's a precarious situation for any franchise to be in. And, and I know I'm probably taking the gloomier outlook of this because you Darvish might be fine for the start of next year. Joe Moscow might be fine. Um, and all of a sudden now you start to see some depth. But still, uh, you can't help but feel at least a little bit concerned in the macro sense. I mean, listen, even if you Darvish and uh, Joe Musgrove come back healthy and are fine, that's still only two pitchers. You you still got to fill out yeah. the rest of that rotation. Alden Gonzalez joins us here at ESPN. And, and Alden, you mentioned Blake Snell being a free agent. I'm curious, what do you think the number is going to be? You know, he is in his 30s. Um, he is hitting free agents in his 30s. Um, you have talked about the volatility of pitchers in their arms, although Blake, to my recollection, hasn't really had any injury problems or nearly as many as some of these other pitchers have. What do you think the number is going to be? Or just give me a roundabout number where you think the ballpark range is. I think he's signing for nine figures. Um, and I'm always bad at this because I tend to forget what other guys signed for previously. Um, but a reference point that I can give you is, like, for example, people were saying before the whole thing with Julio Urias went down that he was going to sign for maybe $200 million. Uh, but that was taking into account the fact that he's going to be a free agent at 27 years old. And that's a very right. rare thing for a starting pitcher. Blake Snell's not. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Tony, but I think he's going to be 31 yes. uh, when he enters the free agent market. So that limits him a little bit. But the timing of this could not have worked out any better for Blake Snell because – 
In all likelihood, Shohei Otani is not going to pitch next year. And if he undergoes a second Tommy John surgery, there are serious questions about his future as a two-way player. A lot of teams are going to bid on him, but he's not necessarily a starting pitcher on the free agent market uh, for the purposes of this offseason. Julio Rios, obviously nobody can count on him either being available or if he is, there are legitimate questions as to whether teams are going to want to sign him given what's going on with him. So Blake Snell stands as the guy uh, in the free agent market this offseason. Now, there's some depth with starting pitching, definitely a lot more starting pitchers available than hitters. But I think Blake Snell is at the top of that class by a pretty sizable margin right now. Uh, there's a lot of teams, a lot of contenders that are going to be wanting and willing to pay a heavy price for starting pitching. And as you mentioned, um, he has a pretty good track record of health. I know he's had some inconsistent years, um, you know, the pitching deeper in the games and, um, you know, those walk rates can be concerning, but he still has dominant stuff. And we're seeing that now. The guy might win the Cy Young Award. So it's going to be in the nine figures, um, and it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to just sort of like, and this is nothing against Blake Snell. This is this is more about just the volatility of starting pitching. You're going to have to hold your nose a little bit when you sign that because he's in his 30s and he's a starting pitcher with a lot of mileage. But there's going to be a lot of teams lined up to do that because there's a lot of need throughout the industry. Talking to Alden Gonzalez here of ESPN on the premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. And I just want someone once in my life to to say he's about to get nine figures because that would mean that I've made it. Yeah. That would be sweet yeah. if someone said that. I want to go back to the Padres real quick. And um, you're talking about the contracts. We're talking about you, Darvish, and his extension. They also, ex- or they also gave a contract to Jake Cronenworth. They gave a contract to Manny Machado. Um, they're, they're probably not going to bring back Josh Hader. So at the beginning of the year, I'm not going to sit here and, and say that I was like angry at them spending money. But now that we look at it, um, what are your thoughts looking back on what the Padres did last offseason in regards to the contracts that they gave out? Well, I don't want to be a complete hypocrite and react just to present circumstances because I did. And, and, I, and, I, and I, uh, I think it was the right thing to do, at least in my opinion. I really supported what they were doing. I loved what they were about, which was, number one, they were spending money and they were investing in the product uh, because they wanted people to show up and support this team, and that's the right way to go about it. And one thing that Peter Sander talked about a lot, and A.J. Feller would echo, is that they wanted to create an environment for baseball in San Diego where year after year fans would show up and they knew who was going to be in that lineup, and they had their guys, and – San Diego has a long history, as Tony knows well, of guys leaving San Diego. They wanted to create an environment where guys stayed in San Diego. And obviously that came with some risk, which they knew about at the time, but I loved what they were going for. I thought it was very virtuous of them to do that. Um, Now, there were some things that took place, though, that put them in a little bit of a precarious situation going forward. I think, you know, one of those, which a lot of people in the industry um, were confused by at the time, and at the very least shocked by, was the contract for Xander Bogarts. And more than that, the amount of years that they invested in Xander Bogarts. They gave him the type of offer that I don't think anybody was offering him. And it's not to discredit Xander. I'm sure he's going to be a lot better moving forward than he was this year. But it's a really long contract for a lot of money for somebody in his 30s who plays, who plays a very demanding position. That was the first one. And then the second one 
was the Manny Machado extension. Now, look, he has earned it based on who he is and what he represents for that franchise. And he was coming off an incredible year, basically carried them into the playoffs last year. And, you know, they didn't want him to walk away in free agency. I get that. But you you sign a contract like that, you tack on an extra decade to a contract that's already expensive for a player who, like Xander, is getting into his 30s. Now you have a window. Now you have a very defined window where you have to win while the primes of these players still remain. And I think that pressure is there. And we've seen it throughout history. Teams that sign players to these contracts, no matter their market size, at some point they run into a wall because you can't sustain yourself if you're paying guys to not be productive. And eventually that's what Machado and Bogarts will be. Yeah. They're window more and it ruined a little bit of their flexibility. And that's a great point. I think that's ultimately why they, uh, other than, you know, you know, addressing the issues that they need to on the pitching side, I think they'll stand pat for the most part because that window is the window. And you have that period of time to try to um, win in that window um, before the productivity falls off to the point where, as as Alda just said, you're, you're paying guys to not be productive. Last one for me, and you kind of hit a little bit on it, Alden. Uh, it was thought, it was thought Otani was going to be reaching into that $500, 600000000 million yeah. dollar range um, that you just mentioned. He's likely not pitching next year. Um, I really hope for the sake of, of, of him and him being back on the field that if, if this thing is partially, he goes ahead and has the surgery anyway because wasting a year trying to deal with a partially torn uh, UCL, it doesn't seem to work out very much. Tanaka's the only one I can remember doing it right. But do you think Otani, where do you think his market is now? Do you think teams are going after him as a two-way player at this point? Well, I'm going to say again that Otani is going to make nine figures. I think I'm confident in that one as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, look, this is very interesting now, and it could take so many different um, forms in the offseason. But I think the more logical way to look at this, and this has been pointed out by others, and it makes a lot of sense. Shohei Otani as a hitter alone is a premium offensive player who's yes. also dynamic on the bases. And if he wanted to, and Joe Manning used to talk about this when he was his manager because they would toy with him playing the outfield a little bit, especially when he was rehabbing from Tommy John because they just wanted him to do stuff, to run around. He's such a great athlete that he could be – a gold glove caliber outfielder if he wanted to. Now, that's obviously not the route that he's going to take. He wants to pitch. But I say that to make the point that you could very easily justify, especially because of the endorsements he brings in and because of the reach of your brand to the other side of the world because of his presence in Japan, you could justify an Aaron Judge contract for Shohei Otani at base level. What Aaron Judge got last offseason, I think you could easily say that Shohei Otani signs that contract. And then on top of that, I think what you'll see, and I'm guessing here, but I think what you would end up seeing is incentives based on game started, based on innings pitched, because that's the part that's very uncertain. And I hate to say that, but it's true. Like yeah. The track record for guys coming off a second Tommy John surgery is not very long and is not very good. And none of them have ever tried to do that while also being a hitter. So right. you, have to, you have to build incentives into that um, but he's going to want to do it, and he might reach a lot of those incentives, and he might, it might end up being it might end up being a five hundred plus million dollar contract. 
I just don't think it'll start that way because of the uncertainty with his elbow. Here's the other thing I, I wanted to ask you before I let you go because we only have a little bit of time. You, you kind of hit on it a little bit. The sponsors that are going to show up for Shohei Otani, is that a game changer for some of these organizations that may attempt to bring? Because if a, if a, and I don't, I'm not sure what the stipulations are in terms of how you pay a player, but if the sponsors are basically going to cover it in a in a and a team doesn't have to take it on themselves, he seems like the only one that teams would be or sponsors would be willing to do that for. I mean, I don't know when's the last time you got you went to Angel Stadium, Tony, but that place is covered in Japanese advertisements mm. and companies mm. that are endorsed that Shohei Otani endorses. And I've heard that it's low. Let's say I hate to be vague with this, but it's let's say low tens of million dollars a year on an annual basis in terms of those sponsorships. Could another team maximize that brand even more so and get even more money than that? Maybe, but mm. at the very least, that's what the Angels get. And that's yeah. the type of money that other players are not bringing in. So, and that, and that's why, like, even with this elbow thing, which is so unfortunate for everybody, he's gonna get he's gonna be so in demand, more in demand than any free agent we've seen. Crazy, crazy, Alden. As always, man, appreciate you coming on, and spending some time with us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Alan Gonzalez, ESPN, right there on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Always love when he joins. He uh, he did spend a lot of time with the Padres in the early part of the season, as you heard in that interview. But uh, it's not been he hasn't been uh, assigned to Padres games many times this year. So I think we all know why. I think we all know why. Uh, listen to Sam Levitt's podcast, Inside San Diego Baseball. Sam will cover everything going on with the Padres. Find it at 973thefansd.com, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts. We don't have to wait for the podcast because our guy, Sam Levitt, is up at Dodger Stadium right now and he joins us here on 973 The Fan. Sam, I know you had that breaking news conference yesterday with you, Darvish. Uh, I guess I was uh, earlier in the show and, and at 5 o'clock. I'm a little worried about you, Darvish, and this elbow injury and the extension that he signed. Should I be worried? Well, look, I think any time you have a starting pitcher and, you know, the, the word elbow injury is involved, I always think there's uh, room for concern, uh, no doubt about it, especially for a player that is as important to the Padres as you, Darvish, is both for 2024 and many years beyond that with a contract extension signed before this season. So, look, Scraby, I, I, I don't think you're crazy for being concerned. Uh, you. Look, I, I, we, we can only deal in the facts, right, and what we're hearing from you himself. And uh, if you missed uh, what you, Darvish, had to say, I believe uh, the audio is up on the Inside San Diego Baseball podcast feed, uh, which you just talked about. Boom. And we played it both, both pregame and, uh, and postgame yesterday. But, look, what we know is obviously originally – uh, you know, he was dealing with the inflammation and then the bone spur and then in the process of, you know, throwing over the course of the past couple of weeks, uh, developed what he called and, and Bob Melvin called uh, a stress reaction uh, in that elbow. And, you know, they, they've essentially decided to, to shut him down here for uh, a matter of weeks and into the early part of the off season. So, look, I, I think uh, we have to stay tuned to to hear if there's any additional news, uh, you know, over the off season on on how you is feeling on on any updates. But 
um, look, right now we can only deal in with what we know and, and what we know from you, Darvish himself, and that is that uh, he's been shut down because of that stress reaction. Uh, if you go and you listen to that audio from yesterday, he compares it to 2018 uh, when he ended up having Tommy John surgery. When he was asked about that, he you know talks about his confidence level that ultimately he'll be able to avoid surgery. Certainly it doesn't appear we're at that point yet. Uh, but look, it's going to be a period of being shut down, and then it appears that uh, at some point in the early part of the off season, there'll there'll be uh, a reevaluation of of where you is at and, and what's going on. So, uh, look for at least uh, 2023. Uh, obviously, we won't see him on the mound again. But uh, right now, and until we hear otherwise, you know, I'm I'm going to go under the assumption that uh, the the rest will will work and and do what he he needs to do in the off season, and hopefully, this is something where. Uh, you know, he shows up at, at spring training in Peoria next spring and, and ready to go, and it's something that uh, he can put behind him, uh, the, the variety of different elbow issues he's dealt with here in the last few weeks. Yeah, it's it's important for him to figure that out over the offseason, and it's it's good th- it's a good thing, too. They don't have the World Baseball Classic. I mean, I think he was taken out of his routine a little bit earlier in the, in the year with the Baseball Classic and not starting and not being on the same schedule, but uh, he's going to have a yeah. full offseason to figure it out. Uh, sticking with starting pitching, Michael Walker, he uh, had a tough night last night, but we know he's been, you know, overall, he's been a good addition to the Padres. He has that crazy kind of mutual option that if uh, they both decide he wants to be on the team he signs up for an extra two or three seasons and he could also test free agency um do you think with his injury uh, over the middle part of the season and then you know here in the last couple games do you think that the decision is becoming easier for him to say hey i want to stay with the padres well, look, I, I, and by the way, before I talk about Waka, I did want to say one more thing on Darvish, yeah. and that is, look, we are entering an interesting time of year, right, where it's the off season. you know, we don't get these daily updates from Bob Melvin, and we're not around the players every day, right? So uh, I suppose moving forward in the Darvish conversation, maybe no news is good news throughout the winter, and you just assume that he's ready to go uh, for spring training when it rolls around. So uh, again, we're entering kind of that that interesting part of the year, right, where we're not necessarily around it every day to find out what exactly is going on day by day, week by week. So maybe the way to look at it is into the off season. No news is good news uh, on you, Darvish. On the the Waka situation, look, um, I would I would, and it's an interesting contract with the team options and the player options. And Seth Lugo has you know the options on his contract. That look with both those guys. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how the Padres and the players handle it because, look, Michael Walk has been very, very good this year. Um, he's he's not, you know, that old. He's in his early 30s. There's uh, maybe a case to be made for both Lugo and Waka that if they hit the open market, uh, they'd be able to, you know, get even more money, more years than, than what, or at least more guaranteed because we know with the Waka contracts, it was, you know, pretty uh, – I don't want to say complicated, but pretty, uh, you know, a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah, intricate's the right word. Good job. Intricate's the right word. And we knew that when he signed it in spring training. But look, I I certainly think Michael Waka has outperformed despite the last couple of outings. Uh, The expectations for him coming in, right, is somebody who showed up in spring training after spring training started. I mean, let's not forget, you know, Michael Waka was a very late addition to this team. Yeah, that's true. uh, For the most part, for him to be as good as he's been, I think, has been – a really good thing for him and the Padres. And 
look, it, it's going to be an assessment at the team level and then also at the player level potentially, uh, you know, to, to see what these uh, what these parties want to do and, and what they think, uh, you know, uh, I, I suppose each uh, each side is worth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. Uh, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, decision, you know, based on all the options, and I'll, I'll spare you going through all the different options. But, look, there is no guarantee right now, I suppose, that Waka and or Lugo are back here next year. Uh, that potentially leaves the Padres with, you know, a, a few different holes in that rotation. Not that they can't fill them, but look, it, it is possible that this rotation looks very different than what it did here in 2023. So, uh, look, a, a very interesting offseason ahead, no doubt. Yeah, real quick, I know you got to put the finishing touches on your uh, pregame show coming up at 6.10 here. Blake Snell on the mound. He's pushing for the Cy Young. If he has a good night tonight, do you think that – puts him do you think that gives him I guess I don't want to say do you think that puts him in the lead but what do you think will happen for Blake Snell in the Cy Young Award if he has a good night tonight well look I definitely think there's a race right now for that Cy Young right I mean you have I guess three candidates right now Snell Justin Steele who actually enters tonight with a slightly lower ERA mm-hmm. than Blake Snell you have Spencer Strider whose ERA is way higher uh, than those two guys, but has struck out so many. And if you look at some of the advanced numbers, they're really impressive for Strider. I don't think the Cy Young Award should be decided on advanced numbers, in my opinion. Um, look, Blake's got a, a tremendously good shot to get it. Um, I think it, it definitely requires, you know, him to keep doing what he's doing, right, the next uh, couple of starts, yeah. and, and especially against this good Dodger lineup here tonight. But, look, if he keeps doing what he's doing, the numbers will be right there, the strikeout numbers, uh, the innings number will be right there, and, you know, there may be a decision for some voters if they want to vote for a guy who, who leads Major League Baseball in walks. I mean, <laughs> I still would because, to me, the, the name of the game is run prevention, and he's done that extremely well this season. But, look, if he continues to do what he's done the next couple of weeks, no doubt he is going to be right there. Will he win it? I have no idea. Uh, it's up to the voters. But mm-hmm. he's going to give him a, give himself a, a really, really good shot at that second Cy Young. All right, Sam, thanks so much for fitting us in here at the end of uh, the show and beginning your night. Uh, you'll be on in about seven minutes from now. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, uh, we've got one-on-one with Nick Martinez. We get to a lot of good stuff with him. We'll hear from Bob Melvin and much more to come on Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show, Scraby. All right. Thank you, Sam. I'll talk to you soon. That's Sam Levitt. You'll hear from him again shortly. Uh, first, we need to get legal and do this. Well, you heard Sam. I mean, it's a big night for one reason for the Padres, and that would be for Blake Snell to bolster his chances with the Cy Young Award. And uh, Manny Machado is not in the lineup tonight. Neither is Xander Bogarts, but uh, Blake Snell's pitched so well all season long, I don't know that he really needs to have those two guys in the lineup because he hasn't been giving up many runs at all. All right, that's it for this show. I'm Matt Scraby, filling in for Chris Zello. He'll be back in a couple weeks. He's on assignment. Tony Gwynn Jr. will be back with me tomorrow, I believe, in studio. We are going to have uh, our show on the Padres off day, so we're going to talk more about the Padres. We'll also get you previewed or we'll get you previewed. We'll preview Thursday night football. But until then, hope everybody enjoys the game tonight. Be safe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on 97.3 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.